with the truth. And we're live. And uh, this is your first time. Oh my God. It's your first time on the pod. So my God, it's a moment. My nerves are going crazy right now. Oh, you'll be okay. He is the greatest Laker of all time. Five-time champion. The only guard to play with one team for 20 years. You know, I don't quit. I'm going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing to see if I can figure this damn thing out. That's who I am. And I'll try my best. And I'll keep on, keep on going, man. My brain... It cannot process failure. It will not process failure. I love what I do. And it's as simple as that. I get so much enjoyment from it. Once I've made that commitment and said, I want to be one of the greatest ever, then the game became everything for me. I knew that I was not going to be stopped. So at the age of 18, this was my life. So you can't possibly become better than me because you're not spending the time on it that I do. Even if you want to spend the time on it, you can't because you have other things. You have other responsibilities that are taking you away from it. So I already won. It's a lifestyle. It's a full-time commitment. You make a choice and say, come hell or high water, I'm going to be this. You should not be surprised when you are there. When we say this cannot be accomplished, this cannot be done, we are shortchanging ourselves. When you try hard enough, dare enough, trust yourself enough, you will always go further. I think everybody's born with creativity, but I believe it's the trust in yourself and the trust in your emotions to, to talk to yourself, so to speak, to become your own psychologist let your emotions out on a piece of paper. So not be afraid of anything. Not be afraid of what people think. Not be afraid of what people may say. Just be yourself. Ignore that. As always, as always, this is the Down with the King podcast, and I am Will K. the King. Today, I am joined by a really, really, really good friend of mine. This is our first time on the pod, so I want you guys to be nice. This is Nooch. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. Hi, everyone. Nooch um, is very soft-spoken. <laughs> I need some dental work, so my mouth hurts right up. <laughs> yeah, she's in pain right now, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna like, help her along this process. Um, but uh, we have a lot to get to. Um, it's been a long, long, long week. Um, emotional week. Very emotional week um, since the last time um, I was with you guys uh, Sunday afternoon, and I guess I'll start with how my last Sunday afternoon went. Um, I was napping on my couch, 
as I tend to do, because me and my couch have a love affair that's long-standing. And I woke up from said nap at roughly around 1.30, 2 o'clock, and uh, picked up my phone, and an ESPN alert dropped, popped up on um, my notifications. And my immediate response to this notification was, No! And that probably way louder. My neighbors probably heard me. Um, I couldn't believe it. So my first thought was, no, this can't be true. Kobe Bryant passed away. And I'm like, no, nah, that's just no way. In my head, I'm like, ESPN is reporting it. It's probably accurate. But I still didn't want to believe it. So I'm, I got on social media. Just to see if I was crazy. But no. And everybody was had the same response I had was, no, this is not possible. This I hope this is not true. This can't be true. This can't be true. And then you know, Twitter, same thing. And then we get confirmation. Turn on ESPN. And I'm like, well, I'm turning to different ESPN stations because different stations have sports on. I finally find ESPN News and they're airing, they're talking about it. And I'm like, no, this is actually real. And I'll be the first to say I wasn't like a Kobe stan. Anybody that knows me knows that. Um, I respected Kobe as one of the greatest players to ever played a game, but I wasn't like a stand. I will also say that I was probably, I was a huge fan of Kobe came coming out of high school. Like I, like I had the first Kobe Adidas, like back when I was like, he came into the league the same year I started high school. And so like, I remember that like it was yesterday. So when it, it hit me probably harder than I ever would have imagined the, the suddenness of it. And so then you're dealing with the emotion of, wow, Kobe's gone like that. And then you start all these other details and you hear different rumors. You start hearing people spreading rumors that Rick Fox is on the hair helicopter or his uh, ABC News broke into the Pro Bowl to say that his entire family or his daughters, all four of his daughters were on this helicopter with him, um, which was, of course, inaccurate. But then you get the confirmation that his, his, his second oldest, Gianna, was with him, Gigi. And most people would know her because she's the one that you see at the games with him sitting courtside that he's talking to about basketball. He coached her in his uh, on his Mamba team. And so that's like another gut punch because it's one thing to see to lose Kobe, but then to know that his 13 year old daughter is gone too. a girl who, for all intents and purposes, we were just starting to see a lot from like we you could just tell she was going to be doing great things. Um, and you could just tell how much he like gushed over her because she would in his in many times that he spoke about in interviews he saw himself in that look like she was like him as far as the competitive nature and everything. So it was it was it was another gut punch and then you hear that there were initially the report was only was only five people and then the report comes out when the police finally come out they say there was a manifesto said there was nine. It's like, oh wow, there are more people. And so it was a, it was just a, a lot in our just, and then the crazy, and you start seeing ESPN, you're seeing a lot of players literally finding out on the court that this is happening in real time. And they're like, and just to see these guys crying, because again, like one of the, I think Denver, they were in warmups when they found out. And just to see these guys like on the court, like just the emotion was crazy. I'd never seen that before in my 37 years of living. So 
it was a it was a rough day, and at some point I had to turn ESPN off because it was just getting to the point where I just was every time I would be okay, something else would happen. Like okay, and then Doc is talking and he breaks down, and I'm like, damn. And it's just one thing after another, um, and it just it just it just it, just, it, it, it didn't stop, and yeah, you can talk. I was uh, at church when I got the the news. I actually got a text message, but it was like a TMZ screenshot. And for TMZ to be the one to release that information, I just my my response to the text was, "Well, the sources from TMZ, I'll wait until I hear from somebody else." So when. CNN came up and then I got the ESPN alert as well too. I just couldn't do anything but just pray. Like you just you feel this emptiness like it's like even though you don't know him personally this man has been at least in my you know someone who I've idled as a sports figure since I was eight. So it was just that's a long time to watch someone's career and you know like in that opening that you just played like this is something that he has dedicated a long time to and he has perfected it and not only did he perfect it he was making his daughter perfect as well too in the same and she was gonna carry out his legacy so it's just like it's it's it's, it's so sad on so many levels but I think that LeBron last night and um, his speech, you know, is just he's going to live on. And these players are going to bring in that work ethic that he had on the court every night. And I'm looking forward to some good basketball. <laughs> yeah, it was um, and I think for a lot of people. Like I said, Kobe came in the league when I started high school. I for the like, I grew up watching Kobe. Like literally, as he was coming into the league, I was starting high school. I was getting into my, you know, teenage and adult years, and so it literally, I grew up. Kobe grew up in front of our faces, mm-hmm. literally. So, even if you weren't a Kobe fan, he's been literally a part of your life. For 20 plus years especially if you watch basketball especially if you're a basketball fan like he's literally been there just in, like he crossed errors because he was on the tail end of the jordan era went into the the the, the 2000s and then into the the 2000s to the 2010s like he crossed different eras and it was crazy because he's like let's say he was just always there right and even after he retired you just knew kobe was going to be around like he was just gonna be there, and he was like he'd be a course out with his game. But then you started to see see a different side of him because we always saw the competitor. We saw the person who had the work ethic that was probably unmatched by most people in life, let alone in basketball. Mm-hmm. But to see him, to see him as a father now, because we didn't see it as much because we only saw him on the court. Seeing him passing on these things to his daughter, who. Like he said in a lot of interviews, like he said, was the one interview he did on Jimmy Kimmel, where he said it was funny when he meets people in the streets and they be like, "Yo, you guys gotta have a boy." 
you know, take the care on the legacy. And he, she'd be like, hold up. No, 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 I got this. And you could just tell she she was like, no, I'm I'm here. We good. Like, she had that same mentality Girls as him. Girls can do everything that boys can do. Sometimes even better. <laughs> I, I'll second that. So um, it was it was. It was it was so sad because it's like and then also and this is more on a personal note and the other thing that hit me was just I started to like think about in that moment like I just couldn't imagine because I remember and this is more on a personal note when I was in my that car wreck I remember the helpless feeling of just not knowing what was going to happen and not having any control over it uh-huh. I couldn't imagine being in that situation with my child because in that moment, all you can do is just try your best to keep her calm and hold her and just protect her because that's what a parent would do. But I just couldn't imagine that that thought. And then you start to think about Vanessa and the kids because Vanessa just had a newborn. Seven months. Like, yeah, so she just had a baby. And then she got the other two girls on. Just imagine what they're going through. It's, it's, a, it's like... It's just so many layers to it. And then you start to hear about the other victims of the of the other victims you hear about um the coat the the parents like the two parents out of belly family and their, and their daughter um like the, the assistant coach um like it's i'm trying to give the names because i want to make sure i i, I say this correctly because i don't want to i don't, don't want to miss anything but it was just it was a lot and just so just because I want to make sure I give these names, John Atabelli, Carrie Atabelli, his wife, um, his their daughter Alyssa Atabelli. And I wonder if they have other children. Yes, um, Atabelli has another son and another daughter. I think their son is a, a coach, a baseball coach, or something like that. Such um, a tragedy. Right. Um, Christina Mauser, Sarah Chester, and her daughter Peyton Chester, and then the pilot Ara Zobayan. It's just so many lives affected by this tragedy and then it's like you start to question like why like oh my god like there was it's just so many things so many like three children are gone like whole lives ahead of them and just so it's just so much to try to make sense of and you know and then you just and just imagine what those those people are going through and it's the suddenness of it and and there's no way to make sense of it at all no way. And then, you know, the one thing is like seeing somebody was talking, I, uh, I read an article about this in general, but, um, and I think a lot of people, you don't generally, just in the way society has been for years, you honestly don't see men being openly emotional like that, especially athletes, because like you're the alpha, so you're supposed to not you're supposed to not show that. But I, you know, and I I sent out text messages to people who I know like that were like, like I bleed gold and purple. I love my Lakers, okay. And so people who I know that are Laker fans, like myself, it was just like it's okay to cry. Go ahead and cry. Like you, it's okay to show some emotion because. Like, a lot of people who were I was talking to were like, I feel like I just lost a brother. Like, you know, like, they lost someone super close to them. And I just, I've never, I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm not a Kobe fan. Like, 
I'm just a fan of basketball. Right. I'm a fan of sports. So I really don't have a favorite player. Mm-hmm. I don't have I, I have a favorite team, of course. Like I right. love the Lakers. But I never have had a favorite player. Um and that's in any sport. Um like I love tennis, but Serena's not my favorite because she's Serena, you know, like I just love tennis. Like so um like I said, I just I had to just send out that support text to people or call them and just let them know like you're loved and it's okay to cry you know it's okay to show that emotion and then sometimes men need to have that moment of breakdown you know but I think that the hardest person that I have seen in this past week was Shaq oh yeah when that when the TNT special like that and, was like the hardest thing I've seen on TV. All and then to find out they hadn't talked in a while, even you know, it's like, and then to find out that Kobe had just texted his son that morning, like, it's just like, dude, this is, and just to see how you know, it's like, and Shaq had just like you said, he was talking like, cause I already haven't been sleeping, yeah. and because I lost my sister and I've been dealing with that, so I haven't been good, and this just, this. He fucked me up. I just, for lack of a better word, like it, it fucked me up. And I, I understand, and it's crazy because I, I talk, um, and I've talked about this before. Um, it's a few, and it's like, like he's talking about how you just sometimes you never know, and you, you never think it's gonna be the last time you talk to somebody, or you don't know. And sometimes we, we get caught up in everything else that's going on in our lives that we just don't reach out for whatever reason. We don't say the words that we probably need to say, and you know we miss out on a lot of things. And mm-hmm. I remember. Was it maybe three or four years ago now? Um, a friend of mine it was, and I hadn't talked to her in a few, uh, maybe two couple years. And I remember it was like a Wednesday, and for some reason she just popped in my head. And on my head, I was like, okay, I should reach out and see how she's doing. I never did. That Saturday, I'm scrolling through Instagram, and her cousin, that I, I just happened to follow her cousin, her cousin posted a picture of her, and she says, "Rest in peace." And I'm sorry, what? And so I text, I I'm, 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 I'm inboxed her on Facebook and I said, yeah, I saw, I was a friend of um, Angelica and I saw you post a picture. Did she pass away? She's like, yeah, she died in a car accident yesterday morning. What? And in my first, in my, my next thought was, you know, asking if her son was with her because she had a, a, a young son. She's like, no, he was with his dad. And, and I'm like, but that's like, he's. He was what two years old at the time. Now he has to grow without his mom. Mm-hmm. And but it also reminded me that you know we we take things for granted a lot. We take time for granted a lot. We think, oh, I'll do it tomorrow, or I can, you know, I'll always have a chance to do that, or I'll have always have a chance to experience that, or whatever it may be, or I'll I'll talk to them then. And it's like we we hold on to all these things and this bad blood in a lot of situations that probably ain't even worth it. Um. And, you know, it's a, it's a lot of times it's a waste. And, you know, then you realize when things like this happen, you realize how much of a waste it was. And it's like, we got to, you know, sometimes you just got to, like, you know, look, at the end of the day, I don't want to waste, you know, the time I have, you know, bickering over stupid stuff. At the same time, I want to make sure that the people that are in my life, the people I'm close to, they know how much I care about them and how much I love them because... Sometimes you sometimes you don't get a chance to say that, you know. You just never know, and it's like I cherish the fact that I got a chance to really say goodbye to my mom because 
I don't know what I would have done if I never had a chance to say to do that. That's true. It's just like I got to see her the last few days and and be there. Um, Somewhat of that closure. Right? You kind of yeah. need to do the move on day by day, but sometimes we don't have that chance. You know, we don't. We don't. I think that uh, Charlotte Maine, he made a comment that death doesn't have, and I don't want to say it wrong, I think it was like, basically like time, like we don't, we don't know when it is and everybody is going to have that time, you know. Yeah. Like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have a time clock, there's no, there's no expiration date, you know, we don't know what that is. And it can come at the at when you least expect it, and you just never know. Um, we know it's the only thing in life that is certain. However, we don't know the date or the time of when that, that is going to happen. So we have to make sure that every change, every moment you get, every day you get, you you make the best of it, you make the most of it, because, you know, it can be gone tomorrow. And I don't want to have no regrets. And, you know... I don't want to look back on my life. Even if I do grow old, I don't still want to want to look back on my life and say, "Damn, I wish I had taken that chance," or if I had said this, or I reached or reached out to that person. Right, you know, that I hate that feeling. So, yeah. um, I, I I laugh at myself all the time because I say, like, Nude, you got a bachelor's in communication, but you're the worst communicator in the world." And this is true. Like I. I am the worst, okay? Like, if it's my immediate... I know this firsthand. (laughs) My immediate family, you know, my mom and my sister, you know, I I talk to them on a daily, but I have things that I actually need to talk to them about on a daily. And it's just like, anyone else is like... But, however, any of my friends and those extended family members that... I may have not talked to in a long time. Whenever I do talk to them, it's like we never miss the beat, you know, like, and I think that that's the bond that I have grown or, or, you know, have with all of my friends is that I may not be there every day, but when you need me, I'm there. And when, you know, when we do talk, like, that just gives us hours of things that we need to catch up on and and you'd be like, damn, my phone about to die. Uh, <laughs> we've been on the phone for four hours, but you know, it just I like I like having those long conversations and catching up, but I know I gotta do better. And after this, you know, just just this slap in the face of just letting you know that you don't know when your time is up. You know, you don't know when. And then the crazy thing is is that Kobe was doing something that was an everyday for him, you know, like just as well how we put on our shoes and we walk out to our cars and we start them up and we get on these roads every day. Him flying in a helicopter was his means of transportation. So if you know that you can lose your life just by driving, you know, I mean, car people have car accidents all the time, but it's just, it's just that now because it's such a public figure, someone who, like I said, we idolize is just now it's just like, damn, 
I'm going to say a prayer every time I get in the car. I'm going to say a prayer every time I get on a plane. I'm going to say a prayer just now, just more consciously now, because you're supposed to do that any damn way. However, it's just like now I'm definitely going to be, you know, say, Mom, I love you before I, you know, board a plane for sure, because you really just don't know when your time is up. Yeah, are we uh, in my family, I know every time, we travel anywhere, we call our dad. Every time before we go anywhere, we make it to our destination. We, um, even while we're on the trip, like we'll call my dad at random or text him or whatever, but we always, it's just a thing we've always done because I just don't, like, first of all, my dad is all I have. Mm-hmm. I don't have my mom anymore. So I, I like, I have to make sure he's aware um, and I don't talk to my dad every day, and I always know. I always tell him, I'm like, you never answer the phone when I call, sir. And I, but uh, my dad works midnight, so sometimes he sleeps during the day. Right. Um, and so I'll give him a pass. Like, I called him the other day, and he was like, hello. Dad, go to sleep. Go, go back to sleep. I don't, I don't <laughs> go back to sleep. Um, so I don't want to interrupt it, but at the same time, like, I appreciate every moment I get with my father because. Um, I just don't know. I'm happy. Like, it's just like, I understand, like with him, he lost his mom years ago. And my grandpa's still here. My grandpa's what, 94 now, about to be 94, something like that. He's still here. Um, and he's staying with my aunt now because he can't, he can't, he's, he, his vision is too bad for him to take care of himself now, but you know, he's still here. They still have him. And I know my dad cherishes every time he gets to be, you know, see his dad and talk to his dad. And it's the same way with me. Like I know, my dad told me years ago um, when my mom first lost her vision and he was talking about how, you know, it's days I still to my d- this day, I think like, damn, I should call mom and tell her this, knowing she hasn't been here for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of, I have those same moments. There are days that I'm like, damn, I should call mom and tell her about this or I need to talk to her. I need to hear her voice. And then I'm like, damn, I forget I can't do that. And it's one of those things like in the moment, you know, so it's one of those things that you just kind of, I share it, like I said, I think every moment, I, and I, I always remember these things fondly. I remember all the things that, you know, all the experiences I had with my mom, and I miss her to death every day. Um, but I'm also thankful that I had that experience for 29 years of my life, you know, that she was in my life, and she was there for all of the best and worst moments of my life in some instances, but she was always there. And in, in a lot of ways, the influence she had and what she, and what she taught me is still there. Um, and then having my dad, I, I, I don't ever want to, you know, say I wasted time because there are, there are still regrets I have about the last couple of years when my mom was sick because I had a fear of going to see her in the hospital because she had been in the hospital so long, so much in my life that I was just, I hated to see her there. Mm-hmm. So I would wait until she got home. And it wasn't until that last year where I had no choice because she wasn't coming home the same way. Mm-hmm. So I had no choice but to go see her. And I remember like just, it was hard. It was rough. And I remember at one point she thought I was mad at her. She was like, Kenny, why, like, you haven't come to see me. I'm like, Mom, I thought you knew. I just have a problem seeing you in the hospital. But that <sighs> broke my heart that she thought I was mad at her. And I remember like, Mom, I can never be mad at you. Why would I be mad at you? Like, like, but just the fact that she even thought that, it hurt me so much. Um, and so whenever, like, my dad, when he uh, was not talking to him, and, you know, I called him one day, and I was like, yo, you know, how you, how you been, how you doing, or whatever. Just catching up. He's like, well, you know, I had to, I went to the hospital and I had a CT scan. I'm like, sir, no, I want to 
wanted you to say everything but that. Right. <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted you to just say you good. Now, now I'm like, what the hell's going on? What the hell, sir? He's like, well, it had a CT scan and it did this, and I'm like, um, it's just the order that they get, they just have to let you know about their medical. Yes, he's hard headed. Like I'm like, I swear my grandmother can't hear, and I walk in, I'm like, Grandma, if you don't turn that damn TV down. <laughs> Like, sir, you have way too many things going on to be not telling your children. And I, t- I mean, I called my sister right after I said, did you know all the stuff going on with your father? Mind you, they live in the same car. They live in a building next to each other. So I'm like, did you know? She's like, nope. She's like, I'm walking over there right now. He got me fucked up. Mm-hmm. What the hell is wrong with him? Like, he ain't told us nothing. Then it's like recently he was like, yeah, I think I strained my Achilles. Sir, y'all live on the third floor. Why the hell aren't you at the doctor? Right. I'm going to go. I'm a- Man, you, why are you so hard-headed? <laughs> you so damn hard headed. Like what the hell, dog? Like, dude, I'm gonna need you to get it together. Like, he's like, I ain't fine. He finally went. He was like, yeah, they, 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 um, they put me, gave me this compression thing, and then the thing, and I'm like, uh, whatever, better wear it too. Like, so freaking hard headed. Like, sir, I understand you don't want to let us know. You don't want us to worry, but damn it, we need to know what's going on. Because I'll be damned if I lose you because you ain't doing what you're supposed to do. We're going to fight, <laughs> sir. But no, nah, he, but no, nah, I, I, I'm on my dead head all the time. Like, nah, sir, you ain't going nowhere. Stop playing. Yeah, I think that, you know, everyone grieves differently, but I feel like the memories are what makes the grieving easier. If you have, you know, good memories, and I think that that's what everyone is doing now as far as with Kobe. is just like they're thinking of those 20 years that he put on that court and thinking about how he brought a lot of joy to not just the city of L.A., but to the league and to everyone else who watched and idolized him. Growing up, you know, it's just like, yeah, we got five championships. Like, yeah. That was some exciting time, especially for me as a Laker fan, okay? Boo. <laughs> Boo. All that. Boo. I put Lakers in general. It's really rough because unlike her, I've never been a fan of certain teams. For the most part, I could care less about the team. I've always been a fan of certain players. So I'm a Peyton Manning fan, for example, or I'm a... Um, I'm a LeBron fan. I was a Michael Jordan Ooh. fan growing up. <laughs> Hater. So, like, for me, I can care less, but it's been really, really rough. It's been two two times in my life as, as a sports fan that I've been absolutely conflicted. The year the Pistons and the Lakers played each other in the final, because I hate both of those teams. Wait a minute. You hate your home team? Well, I despise the Pistons with every bone in my body because I was a Michael Jordan fan, see? Uh, so it's a thing. So growing up, when I first got into basketball, that's a I, so right? I could not stand the Pistons, and I and then I I think what made me hate them more was Pistons fans because most Pistons fans are such fair weather fans. I don't have time for them, and so for years when Grant Hill was there, Pistons didn't care about Pistons fans didn't care about the Pistons, and then all of a sudden oh three oh four come here y'all come oh Detroit shut up. You've been 14 years and y'all ain't give a damn about this damn team. Now all of a sudden y'all in my ear talking, so that made me hate them even more. <laughs> so I think most of it now is just Detroit, Detroit Pistons fans. Um, but no, I've never, I didn't like Grant Hill till he left the Pistons. I didn't like Rasheed Wallace when he was with the Pistons, and I was a fan of his before he got there. 
I just don't like the Pistons. If I saw a Piston on the side of the road and their tire was flat, I would probably speed off. Like, this is how bad this is. You gotta do better. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't care. They're all, they're, up until like three years ago, they were Arbor Hills Pistons as far as I was concerned. So, (laughs) um, I I torture and I I troll Pistons fans daily to this day, and I always will because it's hilarious. Um, but no, I love everything about Detroit. I love Michigan, other Detroit, any other teams, and I think Just that's why that I don't like LeBron. And you, you know this. You know, so I went to school in Ohio, and Ohio fans are Ohio fans. They love love their teams, and they make you hate them if you're not from there. And well, when I went off to school, that's when LeBron came into the league, and it was just like <laughs> I could you couldn't walk past someone that was not talking about him or talking about the Cavs. Just like to be fair to Ohio, the they fuck? haven't won a lot, so I don't really blame them. <laughs> they really just got to the point where they were winning stuff. Like Ohio State wasn't always These what corn they are now. Fed right. Country, yeah, folks. They hadn't won. They like just, Ohio State wasn't what it is now. They like, bleed Ohio. Yeah. They love it, and they make you uh, hate it if you're not from there. That period. is what I feel and about I, Lakers fans. I just no, I feel that about that. No, no, oh, oh no, yeah, especially no, Kobe ones. No, no, Kobe no. stands are the most annoying people. Other, the only people more annoying than those people are Cowboys fans. Uh, and you know I'm a Cowboys fan. <laughs> that's my team. She's, she's the ultimate front runner. Is what this basically wrote. But she, no, that's she was not the one true. team that wins and one team that doesn't. No, that's not true. Because <laughs> even though the team, my, my Cowboys have sucked for a very, very long time. I'm aware. That's why it. And I still ride for them. So it's just I, I'm she, not. Her team choices are very suspect. I'm just gonna Whatever. point that out. <laughs> Don't judge us. <laughs> oh, I, I have a gavel right now. <laughs> I, I love them. Oh, Who black, that? Jerry, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, nah, I nope. So it's been rough rooting for LeBron because he's the Laker now. <laughs> I'm so conflicted. I, you conflicted, but then, you but know. Then, I hate LeBron. But then, <laughs> like on one hand, I really don't know if I dislike the Lakers as much as I just disliked Kobe for a while, and it was mostly because of his part, his attitude. Sometimes I just felt like he was off putting. And then, I, as I got older, I, I understood it more. But I think I think part of it initially was just he was trying too much to be like Jordan. I hated that at first. I was like, why are you imitating him so much? Like, this is annoying. Um, but you know, I mean, it is what it is. At, at the end of the day, I couldn't deny that he was one of the greatest to ever do it. So I'm not gonna. He's the second greatest two guard of all time. But at this point, I'm not engaging in any more Kobe, LeBron, Dave, Michael Jordan debates because at this point, what I realize is it don't mean nothing. It don't. I've been lucky enough to watch three of the greatest players of all time play in totality. I call. I, I started watching basketball right when Jordan was ascending. I got to see the entire career of Kobe, and I've gotten to see the entire career of LeBron along with D-Wade and all these other great players. I've seen a lot of legends play, so I'm not going to complain. I'm lucky, so I'm going to just take the win and enjoy basketball. That's that's pretty much what I'm going to do at this point. Um, but for a lot of people, though, I want I just want to point out, just for the record, for people that don't seem to understand this, people who are famous or great athletes 
or who have done tremendous things that you would never think you could do. They are also not perfect people. So I do not need you to remind me of that when that person passes away. I'm aware. People make bad decisions. People make bad choices. None of your heroes, none of our heroes, people we look up to are perfect. Martin Luther King was an adulterer. Malcolm X was a criminal before he became who he was. There are a lot of people who we look to as beacons of what they achieved and what they stood for and what they accomplished who were not perfect people. But people are imperfect. So for people who want to also bring up and, and, and make it about his rape case and all these other things, I understand you people want attention. But really, like, it's first of all, it's tasteless. Uh, yes, it is a part of his story. We are, we're under, we understand that, but you can't make it his only, only the only part or the most prominent part because it's just not. It is definitely a chapter in his life. It happened. That 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 case happened. Him being imperfect or makes you like him more because the reality means you can relate it, to him exactly. Because the reality is, we I mean, see not these in people, the sense of rape. But. But yeah, like <laughs> we see these people who are doing things that we couldn't imagine ourselves doing or accomplishing like it's like oh yeah i play basketball i ain't play basketball like that like like i could i can't do that i can't you know so i can't do a windmill like i can't do those things like i can't shoot i can't hit a jumper from half court i mean i probably could but i can't do it consistently but to see guys who are doing these extraordinary things it's sometimes we forget that they're also human they're and an event like that reminds uh, like this reminds you that yes they're human they're human just like us and their lives are just as fragile as ours, ours are they are not they are not superhuman they are not invincible they are they are threatened by the same things that we tech we deal with every day in everyday life just like we so at the end of the day we are not perfect we've all made bad decisions and bad choices or things we probably say oh damn I wish I hadn't done that. It may not necessarily be to that extreme, but the reality is that nobody is perfect and nobody is going to live a perfect life or a a un, untainted life or a life where they've never made a mistake or a bad decision. So I'm not going to remember. I'm not going to sit here and let you like poo-poo somebody's grieving because you want to also point out the bad things this person did or you want to focus on that. I was on some com- comedian, Ari Davari or whatever his name is. He made some joke about Kobe Bryant died 23 years late, too late after he got away with rape or some shit like that. And he, he came on and said, well, I always make, I always say these horrible jokes whenever a famous uh, person dies. And I'm like, they don't make it right. It's stupid. And uh, correctly, he got his shows are being canceled and he's also got a job by his talent agency. So I hope the joke was worth it. Just saying. Now, speaking of TMZ, as you mentioned earlier, So, as we know, TMZ is the first that broke the news. This is not the first time TMZ has done this. And while on the surface, I understand that you, it is news and you have to break news. However, there is a certain level of tact or class that TMZ tends to lack when they report things. And in this instance they didn't even give the police a chance to notify his family. So for all intents and purposes, his family found out the same way we did. Right. Or 
by the calls they were getting. And we'll also speak to the news media in general. Um, and this is also, it speaks to what is ethical, what is, what is right, what is, because I understand that as we've always been told in journalism and news is always about being first, but sometimes being first is not always like the best thing when it's not right. Like being like, you know, it's that whole quantity, equality over quantity thing. Like I, I could be first, but do I want to report this with some level of ethics or morals? Cause it's like, at the end of the day, there are people's families that are affected like by this. And while you go get your byline, you're going to get to say, Oh, I was first. It's just like, um, people that would comment to somebody's stuff on like uh, on Instagram and say, "Oh, I was first. I'm like, no, who cares? I don't mean nothing. Where did you want to race? No, there's nothing. There's nothing you won um, because you were one to report this death or this this tragedy first. You didn't get credit. And for the most part, you guys have been shunned for it because we found out. And as the police have even shunned you guys for even reporting it because you didn't even let us let us notice about his family. That's that's just like. Do you have any fucking respect for yourselves at all? Or you just don't care because as long as you got the story out. And it's like, what the hell? What do you, what will you guys not do? And then, like we spoke of earlier, ABC News reporting incorrectly that his four daughters were all on the helicopter with him. Like, how? Why are you reporting? It's to the point now where the news media has been influenced by social media. So now they just want to be first to report some shit instead of being accurate. Instead of being it. accurate about it, and it's like, why are you going by rumor? Then, apparently, Rick Fox was on a helicopter. Rick Fox finally sitting at home, like, the fuck y'all trying to kill me for it, mm-hmm. Like, it's just it's fucked up, and when, especially when you people who are his loved ones are hearing y'all tell me he's dead. So now you got them dealing with an emotion of losing somebody that's not even gone. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. You tell me this person's dead, and I'm like, shit. He has children. He has a family who, who hear this, who are probably getting calls and text messages. It was a Shaq called him, didn't get an answer, and was worried out his fucking mind. Like, that's that's not that's not cool. But y'all want to be the first to announce some shit and say some shit. Because y'all want to be first, and it's like all. I, and I remember I commented. And I said when they when we didn't know who was on the helicopter. I, said, I just want to know who else was on it because I'm hearing rumors. And I just don't. I don't want to say what the rumors are, but I at least want to know who was on this helicopter. Because my first thing was, I hope his children weren't on this helicopter. I didn't know if they were, but I wasn't gonna put that speculation out there because I don't know. But it's a natural thing. You don't. You want to know who else is on this helicopter because I, you know, it didn't. It's a tragedy, and you want to just. It's it's a. It's just a thing you want to know at the very least. You know somebody has children. You know he's always with his kids. You don't know what's going on. So that it's normal. But for you to just put shit out there without confirming it just because you heard it somewhere. And that's just I don't understand social media and social media has its moments when it's really good and sometimes it has its moments where it's just trash. Like the good of social media was like when Elle Duncan told her story about her one time meeting Kobe, and she was talking about how she met him backstage in an event, and yeah, that he, wasn't really good. It was that was probably was one of the nice ones, and then it, what came out of it was one of the things I like about social media was the girl dad said hashtag. Definitely. Oh, like yeah. I was going on her scene, I was like, that's dope because it's just it, it it was something positive to see out of all this the all the the pain and the the mourning and the grief that people were dealing with 
to see something like that positive was just really dope. And it also... That there are really still some good men out here that take right. care of their babies. Yep, and it's also highlighting how much he loved his girls. Like, like, and I don't have kids, but for the people out, the men I know who have children, daughters is just different. It's just like there's a certain, certain, certain love that you have for your daughter that I've been told millions of times is just different. Like, it just is. And we'll get into a person talking about daughters in a minute. I'm going to fuck him up. But, um, so, but also, for you fuckers that, I want to address two different types of people. I want to address, first of all, you conspiracy theorists. I have one who works with me who literally was up there trying to say, no, they killed him. They shot, they shut the helicopter down because he was in this lawsuit, this lawsuit against this pharmacy company. Was he really in the lawsuit? I don't know. Oh, okay. And they're saying it was something about... I have never heard that. I haven't either. <laughs> I, I'm sure we would have heard something about this at some point because he's still Kobe Bryant. Something about they were trying to use the Black Mamba name or something like that for some drug or something, which, whatever. That's, he said, these are my sources. I'm saying, sir, stop. There are people literally grieving over this, and this is what you want to talk about? Really? It's you same fuckers that came with all your freaking conspiracy theories when Nick got killed. Oh, I see y'all know what it is. Here's the thing. As a family who's mourning that, they don't give a fuck about none of that shit right now. They don't care about none of that. Right now, they're mourning the loss of a person they, they love. And all you want to talk about is your conspiracy theories about what's going on or what, what may happen because you heard some shit somewhere. I tell you all the time, yeah, you're right. There are a lot of conspiracies in the world. There are, I'm sure there are, plenty of them. I also know that if you give me 10 an hour or two hours with nothing to do but kill time, I can find a conspiracy about any and everything I want. Believe me, I can create some shit and I can tie some shit together. It's really not that hard. I wouldn't put it past you. It, it, I could do it. I'm sure I could. <laughs> I could slang some bull, for real. So... Is just, and then other the other people I want to address is you fuckers who decided that, oh, I'm just gonna share random ass videos of helicopters get um, um getting downed or, or or crashing. There were people selling, uh, showing or sharing videos of helicopter crashes, and saying yeah, it was. I haven't been on social. Oh, media I I, I, I ignore. See that's the. Well, no, I I saw people posting about people sharing it. I didn't see it, but I I and I refused to even go look for it. But I heard people. I saw people posting about. For you fuckers up there sharing this stupid video of a helicopter crash. First of all, like, there was, like, three different videos. None of these motherfuckers were actually, it was different helicopters. Like, you fuckers are stupid. It's like, y'all just really want to say some shit. And it also speaks to how desensitized people are to death now. Definitely. Like, y'all want to be the first to film some shit or record some shit or sell some shit. It's just like, uh, like, when, um... The rapper died last year when he got killed. And they, people were so quick to post a video of him slumped over in his fucking car. And it's like, why? Why do y'all feel? And y'all, first of all, y'all niggas filming this shit and not calling the fucking cops? Who are you people? Like, what the hell? It's, it just. That just shows you how much people just rely on their phone or just always so dependent on their phone. Like, instead of you calling for help or asking for help. You want to record it so you can just have proof that it happened. Like, you want to have some shit to talk about later on. Yep. So about going viral or being, or being or getting the first meme out or some stupid shit like that. It's never about actually being a fucking human being anymore. It's like... Getting likes. 
It's like, y'all, y'all do anything, and it's ridiculous. Like, it's crazy to me. I'll never understand it. I'll never, I'll never participate in it. And if you got a problem with me, fuck you. So, getting into... Uh, what if life went back to the way we grew up? No social media, like playing snake on your phone. Snake on your phone. <laughs> that, that used to be the shit, okay? That's hilarious. That's, I, that's memories. Look, I go further back. I go back to when I'm, I was in, what, middle school and... We had these old desktop computers and they had no games on it. And I brought all the games. We have my old Packer Bell at home <laughs> and installed all the sol- solitaire and shit. So now instead of doing all the home classwork you're supposed to be doing, niggas is playing solitaire. <laughs> I was that guy. Oh, no. Yeah, we can just do this shit instead. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's do this instead. It's funny, like, or like people was talking about trash can basketball and screaming Kobe and shit. Like, we used to actually, our, I was in was it, the seventh grade, we were in depth. I so. did that. We actually, that literally that. was our, like, literally, <laughs> we played spades and we played trash can basketball in hey, our seventh grade I, class. I, all I did the time. that. Me too. Yeah. All the time. Like, crazy. So, I got to address um, this cool motherfucker here. Mr. Terry Cruz. So, Terry Cruz has been around for a while. I think he got what well, he's his biggest exposure was from what, Friday after next, something like that. Probably when he got really started to get known. White chicks. Was it th- was that before or after? Was it? Before. Was it? I, think so. I don't know. One of them two movies. And um No, I'm pretty sure White Chicks was before Friday after. Okay. So it was that those two and then everybody hates Chris and Yeah. Whatever the case may be. So K- Terry Cruz currently is on America's Got Cat Talent. Probably not for long. I don't know. He caped up for them, so I don't know. So, if you haven't heard, so previously Gabrielle Union was on the show, and we don't know if she was fired or she her contract was renewed, whatever wording they want to use for it. And she spoke to some racism and sexism that she experienced on the show. Now, this is not the first time there have been people speaking about racism on the show. At one point, Nick Cannon spoke about this when he hosted the show. Um, there's also other people who have come out in support of Gabrielle Union saying they've had the same experience or the same, or it actually so legitimized and confirmed what she's been saying. Now, she hasn't been really, really vocal about it since then. She's just It's just been out there, but it's been something that people knew heard about. So, and I hadn't heard anybody talk about it in a few months. Well, here comes Mr. Terry Crews, cooning along, shucking and jiving. So he decides that he wants to comment. So he goes on, I don't know what show he was on, but they asked him about it. And so he decides to say, well, I can't speak on the sexism part because I'm a man, of course. Somewhat like that. But he says, I think I can speak on the racism part. First of all. You cannot speak on the experience of another person at all, ever. Period. Ever. Ever. Because, again, your experience is different. You are a six-foot-something, 280-pound, muscle-bound motherfucker. They are probably not going to be as uh, obvious with their racism towards you because you can probably knock their fucking head off. Whereas a black woman who, first of all, are not held to the same 
standard or respect level as men are in general there is just going to be different her experience is definitely going to be different but for you to basically delegitimize what she said or basically say oh what she said is not right because i've that's never been my experience matter of fact it's the most diverse place i've ever worked so you basically said well gabby is talking about bullshit they not racist you basically walked the company line because you worried about your job whereas you could have just not said shit I don't really want to comment on it. Unfortunately, that's not that's you know that's what she's and then I can't speak to her experience, so I'm not gonna. I'd rather just not say anything. That that been simple his as that. Wife told him though. He even said in his little rant. Anything my wife told me like that. She ain't said nothing. Like why you even listen to her? Apparently, because he's. So here's the thing, and this is gonna get me into. A, there are a lot of guys, and I see when my sisters post about how they don't feel supported or loved by black men and how black men don't like they black, how black women feel when it comes to black men, not supporting them or when it, when they need them to not there, things like that. And this is a general statement, not in any individual relationship. And in some sense that may be, but most women, when they say this, this is a, a form of experience that a lot of black women go through. All you did is basically prove their point because when you were going through your shit, going around on your little press run, talking about how this agent um, found out your dick or whatever, Gabby was one of the people that supported you. And that doesn't necessarily mean that, hey, if I support you, you support me or whatever, as far as, hey, I'm just going to back you up more what you say. I understand that's not necessarily the case. However, you could have just not said shit. And that speaks to why a lot of black women in this world do not feel supported by black men. It Because when it comes to black men and if in, 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 in society, when they're scrutinized, black women will be the first to cape up for y'all the first, and they will go down fighting in a ball of flames for you motherfuckers. But when it comes to them, there's either a caveat or, well, maybe it was this, or maybe what was she wearing or what was she doing? What did she do? Why did she provoke him? All these questions about what she did to deserve whatever treatment she got. Y'all blame black women for everything that's ever happened to them. Instead of saying the world doesn't value black women and, own it and, on, and being honest about that shit. And whenever a black woman posts something about how she's frustrated with the treatment that black men have given her or her experience with black men, the first thing you guys do, instead of saying, damn, I want to know about like, why do you feel that way? What has been your experience? Actually asking her about what she's gone through and why she feels that way. The first thing you niggas saying, you shouldn't generalize like that. I'm not that guy or I'm not like that. Blah, blah, blah. You are basically dismissing her experience to point out that you are either not like those guys or pointing out how she should not generalize because she's going off her own fucking experience. What the fuck? Y'all care so much about your own ego that y'all don't give a damn about the person who's basically crying out saying I'm hurt and I've been hurt by men who I feel like should value me more and they don't and y'all are proving her point in a lot of these cases because all y'all do is care about saving face of your damn self right and I think that that's what Terry Cruz is definitely trying to do is save his face but that's why I say sometimes your comments can come off so wrong is he still gonna have a job after this? Like, cause it's, 
It's so biased. Very much so. Is one side, and, and it's there's a pecking order in the world, unfortunately. And the reality is, ninety nine percent of the time, as the world views it, black women are at the lower end of it. That's just how society is portrayed them and put them, even though the reality is black women are the ones that hold this shit up. If you want to be honest about it, they just are. They're the ones always ready to ride for whatever when it comes to their people. Sometimes they give the push you need. They don't want to end, especially in our community. They are the backbone in our community, but unfortunately every man doesn't always recognize that or, or appreciate that. And you take them for granted. And it's something that we've identified. And in some cases, holding men accountable, our men accountable to that shit is, is, is become more prevalent. And I appreciate it. It's still something we have a lot of work to do. And this highlights that we still have a lot of work because in the day, we all fighting for the same thing. We all fighting to be, to looked at as, Look, I'm a fucking human being, just like you. We all in the same fight, so we shouldn't be undercutting each other because that's the reason why we never get anywhere with our fight. It's because as soon as one of us is trying to make progress and move forward and, and identify some shit that we need to work on, somebody else from the same community comes up and says, yeah, by the way, no. Nah. We got to figure this out. And for Terry Crews, you should probably listen to your wife next time. Definitely. Just a thought. Just... Don't say shit. Like the the best thing you could have said is nothing. So many times people just don't they can't take their fucking foot out of their mouth. Just don't say shit. Keep it to yourself. It wouldn't be that hard. It's really not. But sadly, I digress. To Mr. Cruz, fix your life. <laughs> Keep your life. <laughs> no, I really want to fix it. <laughs> so Speaking of, so, I don't know if you heard Diddy's speech last week at the Grammys, did you? Um, I, what are you talking about at the... Icon Award? No, I didn't hear his speech, but I heard that he gave, oh wait, it was at the party at... It was, the, he was one to receive an Icon Award the night before the um, Right, right, Grammys. I heard it was an hour long. Yeah, but the gist of his speech, and basically what he was saying is... Well, he basically said to the Grammy community and everybody there, he said, look, I want to, um, he said, I'm, we artists and we sense of our shit. And reality is the Grammys never given a damn about hip hop. They've never taken um, hip hop seriously. And it's been disrespected since the beginning. And basically, with all those heavy hitters in the room, he basically said, y'all niggas got 365 days to fix this shit. Because there was, there was, I talked about it in my last episode, but there's a big, big scandal. All this shit came about how the Grammy voting process and how this shit basically is rigged. And there's this big thing going on. And so he's like, look, with all this shit, this shit ain't, this is, this ain't new. But y'all motherfuckers are a fucking nonprofit organization. Y'all work for us. Y'all supposed to support the artists, but instead y'all been basically on y'all pockets and not doing shit for us. So basically, look, he's like, look, and we ready to help y'all out if y'all want to help. But the reality is if y'all ain't ready to help and y'all don't come to us in the next year, that means y'all want the status quo. And if that's the case, we'll, we'll address it then, basically is what he said. 
and basically how he's for the artists getting their shit and, and black artists especially getting recognized the way they should. So, now, first of all, anybody that knows Diddy knows Diddy doesn't necessarily have the best history when it comes to treatment of artists. So I, I kind of knew with him making that speech that somebody... Like, I didn't know what his relationship were with his old artists. I thought most of them, for the most part, were cordial. Mace was actually there at the show, at the, at the Icon of War performing. So he was with them that weekend. So my thoughts, hey, these guys are good. Nobody's going to come out and call Diddy out. That was my thought. At least I wasn't sure. Well, that lasts all of maybe five days. Because Mace decided to at Diddy on Instagram. And it goes like this. Diddy. I heard your Grammy speech about how you are now for the artist and how the artist must take back control. So I will be the first to take that initiative. Also, before we ask of other ethnicities to do us right, we should do us black, do us as black people better, especially the creators. I heard you loud and clear. And when you said that you are now for the artist and to that, um, my response is if you um, want to see change, you can make change today by starting with yourself. Your past business practices knowingly has continued purposely starved uh, and continually purposely starved your artists and been extremely unfair to the very same artists that helped you obtain that icon of work on the iconic bad boy level label. For example, you still got my publishing for 24 years ago in which you gave me to 20 K, which makes me never want to work with you as an art. Any artist would after wouldn't after you know someone is robbing you and tarnishing your name when you don't want to comply with his horrendous business model. However, people would always ask, what's up with Mace? So I will be forced to still perform to not look crazy when I was getting peanuts and the robbery would continue. So many great mo- so many great moments in people's li- lives and music were lost. But again, I rode with you in the face of death without flinching and you still wouldn't do right. I never said anything because I wanted to wait until I was financially great so I, um, so I can make sure I was addressing this from a pure place and not out of spite. Mm-hmm. To add insult, you keep screaming black excellence and love, but I know love isn't free. So I offered you $2 million in cash just a few days ago to sell me back my publishing as its biggest artist alive. That's all. That's always shown you respect for you giving me an opportunity at 19 years old. Your response was, if I can match what the European guy offered you, that would be the only way I can get it back. Or else I can wait until I'm 50 years old and it will revert back to me from when I was 19 years old. You bought it for about 20K and I offered you 2 million in cash. This is not black, black excellence at all. When our own race is enslaving us, if it's about us owning, it can't be about us owning each other. No more hiding behind love. You change. Give the artists back their money so they can take care of their families. So. I agree with Mace because he's right. You can't be out here screaming black excellence on your shit if you fucking over artists. And I understand that for him coming up in that era and and back in the day, that's just what he, that's what you did. That's what it was. But if you're really about this shit, then yeah, I would imagine that you should probably do right by him. If, especially if he offers you money, it wasn't like he was trying to get the shit back for free. He offered you 2 million. You got it for 20 K. Now granted, I'm sure you made more money off of it since then, 
But he's asking, he's not asking you for all the money you made since then. He's just asking you for it going forward. Right. That's it. And you got money. Like you good. You almost a fucking billionaire. Why does it matter? Like that's that amounts to a chump, a, a pocket change to you at this point. So why is it you're you're coveting this shit so much that you won't you write on him? That just don't make sense to me. Show you people are never satisfied. No, it's like it's, and I understand that's the that's the that's the mindset that gets you to where you are. But again, if you really, really, really about this, you know, black excellence, black ownership, artists got to take their shit back. They got to do right by us. Then you should probably you can't you can't throw stones in the glass house. Like simple as that. And the reality is that all of us at some point have heard about Diddy's practices as a as a producer, CEO. It's it's a consistent thing. One twelve, the locks. The locks was in his office trying to fuck shit up with a baseball bat on some ice cube shit. They had to run a whole campaign called Free the Locks where they had these shirts everywhere. I had one of them fucking shirts. Trying to get the fuck off bad boy because he wasn't paying them. Like, Maze got so tired of it, he went and became a preacher. <laughs> he He's like, look, I'm going to find God because apparently God ain't here. <laughs> like, this is like this is a thing. This is an ongoing thing. Day 26. Fucking Danny Kane. <laughs> like, it's an ongoing thing. The only thing is he probably ain't fucked over at this point is French Montana. That's only because French don't need him. And maybe apparently not fucking Machine Gun Kelly or whatever, but it's like, what the hell, dude? Shit. Cheryl Dennis, Sherry Dennis, fucking dirty money. Like, the list goes total. Like, the literally the list goes on and on. But honestly, and who has he had that's been. He hasn't really. Been. He hasn't. Like, that hasn't been fucked up. No, it, literally nobody. It's crazy. It's crazy that you have done this shit and you've made all this money off the backs of these artists. And hey, however you got there, not going to understand. That's what the record industry was, and that's how a lot of people made money. But again, you can't come out here saying you for the artists and all this other shit if you ain't really for the artists. Because she was fuck. So gotta can't be speaking. If you're gonna speak that shit into existence, dog, then follow through with it. That's all I'm asking. Is it really producing like music still? Like to like right now? What do you mean? Like, does he have artists under him right now? Besides French is under him. French and um, Machine Gun Kelly. Who else? That's it. I don't know who else is signed to Bad Boy right now. I think that's really it right now. Interesting. I think that's it. Other than he probably makes more money off of his back catalog or anything. All the biggie stuff and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He makes all his money off of that, I'm sure. And the reality is, he's right. Mace is right. He is his biggest artist alive. Because Mace wasn't just doing for him. Mace was writing a bunch of shit back then. Most of them hits was written by Mace. So, like, you got to give it up to him. So, um, so going from there to the Grammys, um, and I kind of caught the tail end of it. Um, most of the people I thought were gonna win won. Um, I'm happy. I'm happy Tyler the Creator won because I love his album. I I liked what he said about how they kind of he hates 
the fact that anytime you do something, because first of all, I'm wasn't a rap album, but they threw it in the rap category because that's what they do. All black people do apparently is either R&B or rap. We can't do anything else. And he was talking about, it's kind of like a back on, backhanded compliment because I did an album that's literally not a rap album, but rather than just awarding the multiple black people who probably could win, because it's not a rap album, he literally didn't, he maybe rapped six, six lines on his whole album. It's mostly, like, it's more alternative pop album than anything. It's a great album, but it's not a rap album. But they threw him in a rap category because he had done rapping before. And it's like, this is stupid. And he won, but it's like, he he said he hates the urban the urban the term urban because he feels like it's just a, a a politically way a correct way to say nigga, which it is when it comes to them. And at the same time, it's like it's like yeah, let's just throw him in. And he say he described he says like you know giving your kid your your little cousin the controller because he want to play but it's not plugged in. It's like just give him something so he has something to play with. That's kind of how y'all like how you felt. Like on one hand, I'm glad my art was recognized, but on this other hand, it's like. It's not a rap. I'm why you throw me in a rap category. It's stupid. So it just speaks to how out of touch the the Grammys are. Um, in general, they just are. Um, Lizzo won a couple awards, which was cool. Billie Eilish won, which I figured she was gonna win a lot of awards. I think she won like four of them. She won all of the big. Categories. Yeah, all the big categories she won. Um, Lil Nas X won. Um, won. Uh, uh, uh I think he won two. And what she should. Well, she should have, because I mean, it was the fucking biggest song in the last, in the last probably 15, 20 years. Yeah. It just was. I'm glad he performed all of the remix of it, which is cool. And then just to see him have a song with Nas now. So what is, is the name of that group? What? BTS. <laughs> so it's like seven people in the group. Like, in the, the Asian group? Yeah, BTS, yeah. <laughs> I, like, who sings? Like, I don't know. I, it's, it's so many. And they all do different things. They sing, they rap. It's so many. And it's so many. K-pop is a huge thing. K-pop has been a huge thing over over in Asia for a while. It's just now picking up where it's huge over here. Yeah. But I and I don't know what started it, but I just started seeing all these K-pop groups popping up over here, and I'm like, it's just one too many of them. It's yeah, it's a bunch of them. <laughs> it's it's a bunch of them. It's like the the Wu Tang of Asian um, pop groups. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Best way I could put it. Um, but yeah, it was a uh, like to see him perform all the different versions. Then him and he got a song with Nas now, which is cool. So I like that too. It's yeah, it's the Rodeo remix. I like that. I, I like it too. I was like, oh, cool. It's like Lil Nas and Big Nas it was so funny. <laughs> um, but that was cool. So speaking of Lil Nas X, remember, you remember Pastor Troy? I do, and him and Pastor Troy got beef. Well, Pastor Troy has beef. So Pastor Troy. Hey. People just need to go to sleep. He like I ain't heard from Pastor Troy. Like and he been sleep for so long, he need to just go back. Like, dude, what the hell? He, so you making a fight out of nothing. Like, and he needed something to be relevant about, and it's like I remember Pastor Troy for wearing a WCW championship belt. That was pretty much what he wore the big gold belt. That was one reason I knew. I mean, I, I knew some of his songs, but for the most part, that was what he was known for. Pastor Troy apparently watched the Grammys and saw a picture of Lil Nas's ex outfit. First of all, he killed the outfit, so fuck you. Him and Billy Porter both killed the outfits. Billy Porter kills every time he wears the outfit. <laughs> so it was a little extra. I mean, Billy Porter was always extra dumb. It was probably more extra than he's been, but it was definitely extra. His hat moved. Oh, it did. It, had, it did. It had a little the, thing. The lampshade, like <laughs> the lampshade. It, it, it moved. It was a little, uh, so slight bit too much right. for my life. So Pastor Troy 
says, well, guess I won't be winning the Grammy if that's what I got to wear. Is that the reason why you won't wear a Grammy? Is, is that it, really? I, I don't know of any passive choice on that had a chance to win a Grammy, but okay. They love to push this shit on our kids. The other day, Applebee's had some punks kissing, laughing, eating mozzarella sticks. First of all, the Applebee's, like, bring them there? Like, did, like you, you said that, like, Applebee's, like, brought them in. It's like, hey, we're going to have y'all here kissing and stuff. Did they tell them to do that? They're, they're people. They just happen to be in a relationship. Not like the ones you have. <laughs> First thing my 14-year-old son said was, fuck Applebee's. First of all, what is a 14-year-old cussing in front of you and you letting them? But whatever. I would have got slapped. Um, and it brought, a, it brought a joy to my heart. He sees it. Their agenda to take the masculinity away from men, black men especially. Some may say he making money. RuPaul do too. I ain't bumping his CD. Integrity is priceless. Y'all better open that third eye and let your sons know what, real, what is real, or they gonna um as gonna be heading down that old time road for real. First, are you? Are you? <laughs> That's how it sounds in my head. I, well, actually, how it sounds in my head is I'm a dumbass. 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 Um, I've never. I'll say this. I've never gone to try. Um, and then he going on. He was on some things that I'm not homophobic. Oh, nigga, that rant is literally the definition of homophobic in my life. Yeah. Definitely. You you strike me as a dude who has nightmares about dicks chasing you. Like this is how that sounds in my head. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I'm not homophobic at all, nigga. Yes, you are. That is literally the definition. If they look up homophobic in the book, it is literally going to be a picture of you and your rant. Because <laughs> that is the most homophobic rant I've ever heard in my life. This is ridiculous. He's just crazy. This dude is crazy. But um, just for the record, those gay people weren't there to bother you. They were there eating just like normal people do. They just happen to, you, you know how the other regular people, like, they may be out and they be kissing and stuff and eating um, mozzarella sticks. Same thing. It's just the difference is they were gay and they weren't heterosexual. But And it was probably a little extra. Oh, and it, well, yeah, probably were. And I'm sure. But everything, I've, based on his point of view, he probably thinks everything's extra. So I don't know um, how to judge it off of what his perspective is. But what I will say is, why did you at Applebee's? What did they do to you? <laughs> like, Applebee's didn't bring them there specifically to fuck with you. Also, I still want to know why your son and son is covering cousin in front of you and you letting it happen. But whatever. My father would never. At least not back then. Now he don't care. <laughs> but to you, sir. Whatever. So my last thing. <laughs> so, so you know that um, David Schwimmer wants there to be a Friends re- reboot. That'd he, be great. But he said he said I always I imagine they should do like a, a all black or all Asian cast. So. No. So wait. <laughs> so I mean, he was talking about because somebody asked him in the interview. They said you know. Friends wasn't probably the most woke show in the world. And he was like, yeah, it was kind of... He said, but I always pushed for there to be more diversity in the people I dated on the show. Like, I dated an Asian girl and, like, I dated a black girl. And I was always pushing for those things. And I'm like, you okay. I always wonder, like, I always thought, you know, maybe they should, like, reboot it with, like, an all-black cast and a, or an all-Asian cast. But, you know, black Twitter got a hold of that. And they said, nigga, have you ever heard of Living Single? Yeah, I've seen that. You know the show that came on a year before yours did? 
it was literally the blueprint for what you guys did. And guess what? It was an all-black cast. It was. And it was successful. It was very successful. And it was great. And it was a good show. And you guys stole the blueprint. Your people watched it and said, oh, we're going to do this with a bunch of white people and it's going to take off. And that's exactly what y'all did. So, sir, I don't know if maybe you didn't catch that that moment in time. You should probably go back and check it out. It's a pretty good show. <laughs> maybe they can reboot that. <laughs> just a thought. But it just speaks to how oblivious white people are to things that are not in their purview. <laughs> it's like, oh, didn't know that it existed. Yeah, it's kind of. That's why I love Black Twitter. It's just, yeah, because Black Twitter is not going to let you slide on shit like Nothing. that. Nothing. Nope. Oh, really? You didn't know. <laughs> Well, uh, hey, we're going to make sure we bring this up to you. Black Twitter is quite hilarious because they do not let shit slide. And you can try, especially when people try to tweet and delete some shit. Oh, no, we caught it. We get it. it this is what you said, right? Yeah. You dumbass. So, I, and I thought, I'll bet you. And it's, it's funny to me when white people always try to sound like they're being progressive. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was I was really pushing for these things. Try to show, out, oh, they're with the cause. They're They're woke. And it just made him sound so fucking stupid because you sounded everything but woke by saying that dumb shit. Definitely. You literally just, you did not come off as intelligent or with the times or aware as you thought you were by saying what you said. You came off as very tone deaf and very stupid. And I just like you to know that. Um, we salute, we don't. Well, Black Twitter says... They gave you a big middle finger. I just want you to point that out. But hey, go watch Living Single. Great show. You might get some more ideas from it. Don't steal them this time, though. So the Super Bowl is tomorrow or whenever this is posted. This might be the first Super Bowl that I actually can care about. <laughs> she's going to tell I, you I guys she's Super, a Patriots like, fan or something. Dallas. Um, oh, that's right. I forgot. She I, really, oh, she really shouldn't care about any Super Bowl. She looked at Dallas. They ain't been in the Super Bowl in forever. I understand. Like, but like, I usually have a Super Bowl party, or, or or I'm attending a Super Bowl party. I don't even know anyone having one. Yeah, I asked my brothers if they were watching. They're like, nope. And I, like, <laughs> this is like one. The of, thing is, I'm I'm rooting. I I know I'm, I have a root. I root. I'm rooting for Andy Reid only because I want to get one. I'm also. I will say this because I didn't watch the NFL last year. I watched this season. I had never seen Patrick Mahomes. That dude's a bad motherfucker. Yeah, he's, he's a bad motherfucker. Um, if he wins one in his third year, it's going to be a problem. With that being said, the funniest dynamic to me, and this is actually, I was just, I was joking with my best friend about this. My best friend is like the, he, they both live in, he lives in California. He is a diehard Oakland Raiders fan. Well, Las Vegas Raiders, whatever it's going to be. He hates the 49. I mean, hates the 49ers with every fucking bone in his body. So when I come to find out that his wife apparently is a huge 49ers fan because she was posting shit and I said, I copied, I said, it is the most hilarious thing in the world to me right now that you are a 49ers fan as much as I know he hates them and he's like, it drives me nuts every day. Because <laughs> he, I mean, like, it is so hilarious because I'm like, he will go talk about the 49ers just on the most random shit fucking pussies. I'm like, God, you hate them that much. He hates their stadium. He hates them. He he couldn't stand Kaepernick just because he paid for $40 before. Yeah. 
even though he was going for a just cause, like, fuck that. He played for the 49ers. Fuck him. I'm like, dude, it's not that serious. <laughs> it's really not. But to him, it is. Apparently, it's a thing. Raiders fans hate the 49ers. And so it's so funny to me that she's a freaking fan of the 49ers. I'm like, dog, I know this drives him nuts. And I love it because I love the idea of her annoying him so much because he's so annoying. So I just love that somebody else can annoy him. I'm just here for the halftime job. Yeah. Um, it should be better than it's been. Uh, I haven't seen Shakira perform in a while. I don't know who they're gonna bring out. Well, J Lo. Uh, I mean, no, no, she's a co headliner. I just don't know who else they're gonna bring out uh, with them. I, I'm sure you're gonna be some surprises. Something Latin. I would imagine, or it may be a rapper. I don't know. A Latin. This will be the first. Uh, well, no, there may be a regular rapper. She might bring out Ja Rule. <laughs> Which would be hilarious, mind you, because it probably it would definitely be the biggest stage he's been on in ever in a long time. <laughs> but she might do it as a charity. The shade that he is throwing right now. Hey, I, I look. I'm one of the people that be feeling like people be disrespecting Ja Rule. Ja Rule had he was that nigga for a while. I'll be the first to say that. However, I will never let him live down Firefest. I don't care if the judges didn't hold him accountable. You was on the conference call saying, no, we ain't scared nobody. It was a misunderstanding. Nigga, if you don't stop trying to spin this shit, nigga, y'all rod people. I will never let you live that down, sir. Ever. Ever. <laughs> but with that being said, I am rooting for Andy Reid. I am rooting for the Chiefs. If for nothing else, it's, I'm kind of torn, though, because I actually want Richard Sherman to win another one. I want Richard Sherman, to, especially after the Achilles tear Sherman and everything. Oh, old ass need to sit down. But, yeah. hey, look, I'm not, look, I commend him. I have a couple of seats. He, he, he too slow. But he, he had a career year, though. I'm just saying. He had, career, he had a career year. He's never, he was never that, like, he wasn't a short down corner. He never has been. That's never been his game. That's also why Der, uh, Eric uh, Darrell Rivas criticized him a few weeks ago. Uh, like, look, nigga, you can't shut down the whole side, motherfucker. <laughs> and it's true. It's yes, not wrong. Definitely true. It's not. It's not accurate. You you get hit and, and they they don't you don't travel. You they put you on one side and they can move. Plus, he gonna be to stay with Tyreek Evans. Tyreek Evans gonna run right past his ass. A lot of people run right past his ass. But Tyreek Evans <laughs> run past everybody. So that's what the safety is over top for it. Time for. to realize when it's time to retire. Hey, man. He got to a Super Bowl. I'm not gonna criticize him. He negotiated his own contract and it worked out for him. So I, I come in for that and trust in himself because he came back on scoring killings and nobody thought he was gonna, he was gonna come back from him. So on that level, I'll commend him. However, I'm gonna root for the Chiefs. I said, I don't really have a, 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 a interest. I'm just happy the Patriots are not playing. That's I that I take solace in the fact that the Patriots are not in the Super Bowl. That's that's really I pop champagne every time. Just they're, they're not if they're not there. That's 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 my win. I will take that as my Super Bowl is when the Patriots are not there. When they lost, I was happy. When they won last year, I was pissed. I was so happy when Gronk retired because I'm like, the fuckers not going to Super Bowl. Ha 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 ha. And it happened. So, I appreciate them not being there. But that being said, though, I'm done talking. I'll have shit. This might be one of the shorter podcasts I've had in a while. Um, the first part of it was a little emotional, so I knew that was going to be tough. But we got through it. Good conversation. How was your first experience on the pod? Great. 
<laughs> I'm a lady in few words. <laughs> she lying. I've known her for a very long time. Don't believe that shit. It's been... Nah, shit. Nine, almost nine years now? Better part of a decade. She ain't quiet at all. <laughs> Don't fall for dokey doke. I know better. But with that being said, I want to thank Nuch for joining the podcast. I want to thank you for having me. Um, I want to thank everyone for listening, as always. And uh, you can follow the podcast, Down with the King Podcast, on Instagram, Down with the King Podcast on Facebook, DWTK Pod on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at THA Real Will K. And also the same on Instagram. Page is not private. But if you do some fuck shit, I will fuck you up. Or I'm y'all block you. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Not gonna. I'm not gonna speak violence into the world. I haven't punched anybody in a long time. Might be due though. I don't know. Um, but with that being said, we're gonna sign off now. Guys, have a good night. Good week. Good month. Happy Black History Month, by the way. Oh yeah, definitely. Happy Black History Month. I'm rooting for everybody black, as usual. I'm, I'm real black this month. I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black and black and I'm black, y'all. <laughs> um, but signing off, this is episode 42 of the Down with the King podcast. Until next time, bye, bitches.